Hello and welcome to Business Cloud's Demystifying Tech podcast, in which we demystify the week in tech. I'm Alistair Hardacre, and here with me this week is Business Cloud editor Jonathan Simcock. Good morning. And Tech Manchester's Patricia Keating. Hi, folks. Uh, later on in the show, we're demystifying smart cities with Mobica. And for Valentine's Day, I'll be testing John and Trish on the online dating industry. Mm. Ooh. But first... I'm interested. I, I'm not, I've not dated anyone since I was 20, I so I've got no listen. chance. <laughs> listen, this is about tech. This is all about tech. This is not about how good or bad you are at dating. That, that will not be part of the competition. Okay. We're talking apps. We're talking websites. We're not talking about visits to the cinema, followed by Frankie and Benny's. Uh, Nando's is a bit cheaper. And it's so much better if you go on your own, because then you get both. <laughs> For yourself, you don't have to share it with your dit. Uh, now, on uh, a more serious topic, the Mobile World Congress uh, this year has now been cancelled after a bunch of <gasps> companies pulled out. Is it? Um, they pulled out over worries of coronavirus. Hang on, can you can you give it its real name now? What what is its real name? I can't remember. Is it CV? CG9, no, CV19, is it? Something like that. I don't know. Let's call it coronavirus. Okay. Yes. Yes. Corona. Um, Otherwise, people will think that there is another epidemic yeah. out there and that there's two. <laughs> well, it's one. like Storm Sierra and then now Storm Dennis, which, so now we have to worry Did about Did you Dennis call it Sierra, Sierra or Kira? Sierra. This is more interesting. Can we stop here? Yes. It's Kira. Kira. Yeah. Oh, Why did you think little... Sierra? Like well, the American it... singer? Yeah, like the American singer, because that's, that's how I read it. Okay. All right. Well, consider me told. And then there's Kiora and the song. Did Listen, drink? can we talk about folding phones? <laughs> uh, sounds like Let's a storm in a teacup to me, this. Back to the Mobile <laughs> <laughs> Congress. Oh, it's cancelled and this is big news. It's cancelled. The reason it's big news is because folding phones were going to be the big deal this year. Uh, <gasps> I know, right? And, yeah. and for people who who used to have a flip phone, these are very exciting times. The best thing ever. <laughs> and I think I even spoke on this podcast last year going, I can't wait. Someone's <laughs> going to create this and I'm going to buy it. And I will. John, you seem less excited about folding phones. Um, yeah, Please, can yeah. we call them just flip phones? Flip phones. Smart yeah. flip phones. My, my phone does what I need it to do. I don't yeah. need it to be. I mean, actually... Um, despite being 39 years of age, I bought some skinny jeans recently and I've discovered that... It's a shame f- you don't wear them. <laughs> <laughs> but I've discovered that the phone doesn't fit in, in the pockets. The pockets yeah. are too small. So I guess that's well, one thing. I mean, this is a problem women have all day long. Uh, pockets which aren't big. And big phones enough. keep getting bigger. Yeah. Women's pockets keep getting smaller. Right. So what are you going to do? Fold it in half? Yes. I'm all, I'm all about folding phones. Okay. If I Yeah, folding phones means I can wear skinny jeans, then it's a win-win situation. <laughs> Well, for a while now, folding phones have been kind of a novelty, but this year was meant to be the year where the first proper folding phones that you could actually use came out. The Motorola Razr, which people who are over 30 will remember, yes. uh, got, you know... You used to just pull out it and go, yeah. and when it was colour, people don't, like, when it first came out in colour, it was just the best thing. And the M used to come up on the front of your phone, and mm-hmm. it was just awesome. Uh, well, that there's a Samsung... Uh, if anybody wants to send one in, by the way, for us to try out. Let's like, try it out. We'll yeah. do a whole episode on yeah. it. Uh, Samsung's Z Flip is the latest one, uh, which is... Uh, I think the closest thing to the folding phone that people imagined, it's it's a smartphone about the size of an iPhone and it just folds in half and that's all it does. Mm. But for me, part, the most exciting thing is not the jeans issue because my pockets are fine. It's the fact that I keep smashing the glass on the front of my phone. Also, yes. Get a case. I've, I've never smashed a phone. <laughs> just get get one of those silicon yeah, cases. And just smash your case instead, like I have demonstrated here. <laughs> but then, so I, but then the cover. screen's on the inside then, so I can drop it and, you know. But do, you, do you want me to point you in the direction of a good 
mobile phone no, case. Dustin John, no, I was thanks. like you. I had years where it didn't happen. It's like always, always the smallest yeah. drop that creates the crack. It's yeah. always the one you least expect. It's going to happen to you. Pride comes You've before a fall. You've just yourself. Not going to happen. Scud. It's never going to happen. Scud, 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 scud. I literally have uh, got to spend all my time walking around his desk just trying to casually <laughs> yeah, knock his, his phone onto the desk. <laughs> Another unexpected benefit, though, it's actually much better for your mental health to have a phone in which the screen can be put away. This, for me, was a huge deal, and it's part of the reason why I am eventually going to get one, although not yet, because Samsung's Z Flip, uh, which comes out uh, soon, is uh, $1,300. So I definitely won't be buying one anytime soon. But what's lovely is there's a tiny little screen on the front which tells you the time and how many messages you have, and that's it. I think this will be the first product that will get me away from Apple. Do you think? Yeah, for sure. Like unless, I'm totally getting one. Unless they, unless they, come unless out Apple comes out yeah. with a flip phone sometime uh, soon. Apple planning too? Does anyone know? I've not, I've not seen it. But. They yeah. Apple are famous for filing patents for technology and then only using, <coughs> let's say, ten percent of those patents, and the rest of them they don't use. Right, so, so they, they have a patent. With, but. They, yeah, so they come up with new ideas all the time. They've been doing the uh, the car thing for a while, so there's been rumours of an Apple car coming out, an Apple VR headset, but you just don't know whether they're just reserving these ideas for when they're ready, whether they're working on them, or whether they're already a product. But there is a form of foldable phone, uh, which Apple is does have the right Hurry to. Up. Mm. Hurry up. Hurry up and do it. <laughs> Times against you, you're about to start losing customers. More than anything else, and this is why I can't wait for them to come back, and I can't wait to get one in my hand. It's the satisfying feeling of ending a call, usually an angry one, by flipping it shut. Because <laughs> you cannot... forget about it! Yeah. But if you if you do it too hard, and they're both screens, would it not smash the phone? <laughs> I mean, it could. It could. This. Uh, I'm going to throw it out there. I don't think the screen is going to be made out of any kind of glass product if you can it fold is. it. Yeah, no, it is. The Samsung Z Flip, the new phone, which is coming out this year, is made out of foldable glass. So um, does, does that count towards the quiz? No, it doesn't. Trish just got that wrong. <laughs> no, it doesn't. The quiz I'm is just thrown out there. Wrong. I'm wrong. That's what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> just thrown out there. It could be wrong. It's a saying. shame. It's a shame that we won't be seeing more flip phones. Um, I'd say keep an eye out during the year for announcements from all the different companies as they uh, release their technology. And send them in to us to do a taste test yeah, type thing. Yeah, yeah we'd like love an that. We'd Mind. love that. Uh, yeah. So uh, we can all have flip phones. Yeah, we can all we can have a three way phone call. At, angry at the end of it we yeah. can all just flip them flip. shut shut up <laughs> where are you we're in the podcast studio <laughs> I'm sitting beside you <laughs> Now, this week we had our Smart Tech Conference uh, here at Business Cloud, and you can see it right above the event on businesscloud.co.uk and in our next magazine. Uh, we had some incredible speakers at the event, one of whom was Dawn Embry. She is the Director of Strategy and Performance at Mobica. I caught up with her after the event for a quick chat to demystify smart cities and what we can expect in our cities in future. Mobica is a software services company um, working with some of the leading tech giants over the world, providing software engineering services from chip to cloud across various sectors such as silicon, automotive and connected devices. And a, a cooler way to describe your job title would be, you know, a kind of a, a, the chief of future prediction. <laughs> is that fair? I mean, how much of your job is actually about, I suppose, trying to look at trends, see what's happening and, and react to that? Yeah, absolutely. A large part of my job is um, reading research, reading the analyst reports, liaising with analysts and customers, looking at what innovation is happening now in particular sectors, where we can expect it to land in other sectors, and then crucially, how Mobica can deliver those enabling technologies that help our customers get to market quicker um, with better time and better levels of innovation. 
Uh, and today at the event, we've been talking about smart cities. Uh, there's been a lot of discussion about whether that's the right phrase for technology-based infrastructure change with, from city to city. One of the things you mentioned was talking about smarter cities rather than smart cities. Can you tell me a bit about what you think the difference is between those two things? Absolutely. So I think a lot in the media, we look at the extreme. So we look at smart city cases of greenfield cases where there's no infrastructure to start with and building a complete end to end solution. I feel really passionate that we can enable smarter cities much quicker. So when you look at the relevant case um, user cases in each area, whether that be transportation or um, citizen centric portals or applications or energy efficiencies, you can start to look at those marginal gains which aren't that small actually you can create whole levels of innovation and improvement for the general population by innovating in just one of those areas so I feel I feel passionate that we look back to being a smarter city and have a roadmap and actually implement those small changes as we go um, because you might not ever get to a smart city because there's always room for improvement and innovation. For me, it goes back to what is a smart city. And if you look at the original definition and the concepts back when it was knowledge cities and sustainable cities and everything else, it was about optimising the efficiencies and the operational practices of a city. It wasn't about building infrastructure. I think because we all like gadgets and infrastructure, we all tend to merge towards focusing on that. But if you go back to its true purpose of optimising the operations of a city, you start to see innovation everywhere. One of the major technologies technology advances that people talk about, the thing which is almost synonymous with smart cities is 5G. Mm -hmm. Quite clearly connectivity is needed. You talked about connected bins there. They're, yeah. they're going to need some kind of wireless connectivity. Yeah. Um, you know, how, how important is 5G to smart cities? And Because, you know, we talk about 5G as, as almost like that's necessary for us to connect those bins together. Sure. Um, what's your thoughts on that? So 5G is clearly going to be a game changer. Um, the innovations that it will enable um, are going to be huge. So some of the innovations that are stuck at proof of concept level at the moment will absolutely be enabled by the latency and the bandwidth benefits that 5G brings us. I don't think it's an inhibitor to a lot of the innovations in the way that we would think. If you look at, um, I guess, smart city cases like Barcelona and Stockholm, they've been doing smart city without 5G for a long time because they have specific use cases around what that looks like. You know, they have Barcelona in my pocket, which is a very citizen centric um, application and the mobility side of things and the transport strategies have been enabled without 5G today um, because that's the use case for them. What 5G will enable us to do is take that up to another level. So when you're looking at transport strategies, for instance, you could then start to look at micro mobility strategies, actually how we do the first and that last mile, how we make it so that everything is connected together. So we have an update on not just where the traffic is and where the public services are and the public transport, but how all of that links together. And crucially, 5G enables that to be personalized for me. So I wouldn't have to go and spend 15 minutes searching which defeats the object of having a instant knowledge base actually it knows where I need to go because it's connected into my world 5g enables that convergence between my home life my work life my city life if you like and brings all of that benefit together 
and just finally talking about you know talking about the future um i suppose at the moment what we've got is a you know a society a country let's say of people who are just like us are trying to work out what smart tech means and effectively all they want is for things to just work a bit better as a <laughs> philosophy of smart tech and smart cities it's just being less frustrated more of the time mm -hmm. when we talk about future generations and smart tech do you think the as that philosophy that smart city philosophy of well it is possible to connect all these things up and make our life easier why aren't we doing it do you feel like there's going to be more pressure when future generations are more accustomed to that idea from a younger age so I think we have different expectations I mean if I go back a decade I wouldn't expect to walk into a room and you know say turn the television on open the curtains it wouldn't even be in my expectations so my level of disappointment now is not that high because I never expected that to begin with um, my children however have a whole different level of expectations because that's the digital maturity and how they've grown up in so I think as the technology develops will create those pressures for ourselves um, so we've gone from you know our, our home objects being inanimate objects a fridge being something that you are responsible for and opening up um, to um, our, our media systems I think now being connected so we've had a decade of IOT and connected devices and things being connected in small small bundles really rather than an end-to-end solution although there are some now and I think as we're moving forward over the next decade, we'll see that connected intelligence. So at CES, there was a big thing around not being internet of things anymore, but intelligence of things. And it's when those objects in our life actually start being smart in themselves, so start having a level of intelligence, start linking up because my fridge knows I've got people coming on Friday and the last time this happened, we drank lots of wine. So it <laughs> orders more wine for Mazda. Um, so I think we're going to come to the expectation that not only do I not have to look after the objects because they'll have predictive maintenance, they'll know when something's wrong with themselves, but actually they'll start to look after me as well. And uh, what are you most excited about personally when it comes to smart technology? You know, is it in the home? Is it in work? Where, where do you feel the most need for new smart technology to be introduced? Um, so I guess for me, I, I get excited about personalization. Um, so the thing that frustrates me is lack of time most of the time. And so if I have to switch from platform to platform or ecosystem to ecosystem as I'm moving about my life, my life doesn't change that rapidly. I don't become a different person when I leave the house and go into the car. So why would I listen to a different music stack? Um, you know, we, we have all of these different diaries and we at the moment have created workarounds. I'm most excited for the technology to enable my life so that I can focus on the things that are great fun and let the boring stuff manage itself. And just hope that when you get home, there's always some wine in the fridge. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> right. Thank you, John. I'm not the only person to speak to Dawn. You actually got a bit more time with her for your podcast. Can you tell us a bit more about what to expect? Yes, she is part of our month-long series for March dedicated to amazing women in technology to celebrate International Women's Day. Um, so if you check out the Fast Forward podcast during March, you'll be able to hear more about Dawn's incredible career journey, international language expert, um, and uh, all of the C-suite skills and expertise that she's picked up along the way. Right, now it's quiz time. Yes. It's Valentine's Day today. Uh, Is it? If you're listening to it on the day this goes out, then yes. Okay, it's not one I'm celebrating, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, I'm babysitting my nephews. I've got a minute, and he's got to the supermarket. 
You don't need to go to the supermarket. That is literally the worst place that you could go. Uh, anyone who's worried now that they've heard that and forgotten, there's nothing we can do about that. Maybe give them a subscription to, to Mr. Fine Tech. That might make them a little bit happier. I mean, no, that uh, Now, whether you're celebrating a Valentine's Day or not, it's not going to matter, you guys. What matters more? Well, thank goodness. Because, <laughs> you know, Johnny had no chance in this competition based on what he's just said. I will be calling the Aldi on the way home to buy some Pick pills. up the milk and whatever else is lying around in the shop. Let's hope you are better at this quiz than you are at uh, Valentine's Day. Uh, Five questions going on. Uh, Remind us, who's in the winning position at the moment? Okay. It's 1-0, isn't it? 2-0. No, it's 1-0. It's 2-0. No, I won the last one. You didn't. I did. I'm not competitive at all. (laughs) Yeah. But when you come up against someone who is ultra competitive and keep, you know, very chippy and keeps going on about how great they are and how they're going to win, it just makes me really mad. Does it ride you? I want to beat them. Do I get inside your head? Yes. Yes, you do. Do I psych? Yes. Okay. Uh, Here we go. We have five questions. Uh, I'll take each of your answers. I'll tell you who's closest. They are numbers based. So the amount of online dating app users who used apps for free last year was 180 million globally. How many were paying members of online dating apps in 2019? I'm going to say 50 million. Okay. It's something got really tense, Trish. I think it's le- I think it's a lot less, which is really I think interesting. But I think it's going to be like. Stop looking at Alan for clues. 49 million. (laughs) 49 million. Oh, he's playing tactically. The answer was 39.7 million, which means Trish gets the first point. Trish has to go first this time. Okay, question number two. (laughs) Which five countries created the most revenue from online dating websites and apps in 2019? Uh, Extra points if you can get them in order. So the so top five, five countries, countries that made the most out of dating made apps. Made money from dating apps, yeah. <clears throat> okay, I'm going to say China, um, Russia, America, the UK, and Japan. Okay, John, I'm going to. I was s- getting mixed up with Hong Kong. You see, sorry. <laughs> I'm going to go United States, China. India, Russia, UK. John took it with that one. Number five was India. Number four was Germany. Number three, United Kingdom. Number two, China. And number one, the United States, who spent $973 million. I thought it was going to be China because of the whole, there's a big issue with like a lack of women in China, isn't there, because of the one-child policy? Well, it might be that there are more app usages out there, but they actually pay less per person for those apps. They're the freebie users. Yes. So China spent $229 million on dating apps in 2019. Isn't it interesting, though, that, you know, finding love... Mm-hmm. And finding your lifelong partner would be something that is like it's pivotal in your life. It's momentous in your life. Yeah. And how few people would actually invest a couple of pound a month into it. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't pay anything. Yeah. <laughs> nah, just swipe left and right for free and all this other jazz. In percentages, what was the gender split of online dating users in 2019? I'm going to say 65% men, 35% women. Okay. That makes 100, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say it's closer to 50-50. Okay. Uh, that it is uh, balanced. That it is 50-50? Yeah, around about 50-50. John is bad at maths, but he's good at guessing percentages. Uh, it was 31% female and 69% male. So, you know, I think the problem is, is that people I know that are on dating apps mm-hmm. are other female friends. Yes. Who we talk about it. So it skewed your opinion of yeah. how many there are out there. Yeah. Uh, question number four. In the US, what is the average spend of dating apps predicted to be this year? So I'll take your answers in either dollars or pounds, but this is per person in the US. How much are they likely to spend on dating apps? Per so Is person. this per person who uses a dating app? <clears throat> yes. 
Okay. Um, for the year? Yes. In, uh, so, so 2020, this year, yeah. I would say around about $100. Okay. $65. Wow. Okay. That's a lot from both of you. Uh, the actual prediction is $8.92 or £6.87. A year? A year, yeah. Wow. So and I, I think that's to add extra features on. A lot of the dating apps now, you know, they charge to give you, like, boosts to your profile and mm-hmm. things like that. So if you want to see... Boosts to your profile? Yeah. What, like a different photo? Oh, yeah. Feast You get feast <laughs> Yeah. Trish, if there's enough people like you out there who wouldn't pay $100, then maybe I should start a dating app. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean... Just, just stick to... I'm who, prepared to invest in love. <laughs> just, just stick your... Leave, limit your options to just whoever's in the local pub. Yeah. Mr. Romantic over here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, question number five. You'll, Wait, you'll do. You, you, you're yeah. drinking the same hey place up, as me. Hey up! Hey, you got a pint of ale and some <laughs> pork scratchings. What's the What's the point system at the moment? Where Where are we scores winning. wise? You're winning. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm winning three one because I've got the last uh, did, yeah. three okay. one. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. listen. It's all to play for in this last question. Double question points. number five. Double, is double point points. Uh, we're talking about swipes. As of last year, how many matches have been made on Tinder in total? So how many times have two people swiped they're interested on each other's profile? 190 and ninety million. Okay. Probably, 190 million that, matches? That might be low, actually. I think it's less than that. So I'm going to go with 189 million, even though I think it's far less, but right. that's my answer. Why, why don't you go for 189.9 million? You might as well... You know, I mean, if you're going to play that game, it wouldn't have helped. Uh, it was over 20 billion, over 20 what? billion matches on Tinder. Wow. Yeah, I know. That's a lot of people, isn't it? That's a lot of matches. That's a lot I of... would like to know how many of those stayed the course. Right. How many of those are married yeah. now? Yeah. I think I think that's closer to 19 million, <laughs> I'll be honest. You know. But it's not it's obviously not all about looks. So there's one company in, in Manchester, right? Uh, Jig Talk. Um, which mm-hmm. uh, I think they were, they were based in Leeds. I think they're in Manchester. What, so what happens there is that there's a jigsaw cover in the face, and as you get to know the person and, and, and their personality, yeah. it takes a piece of the jigsaw away every time, right? So mm. you're having a having a conversation with yeah. a person rather than a, a quick a quick a swipe quick, decision. Yeah, you know, and your unconscious bias, and you're just making assumptions on what somebody looks like. Um, Trish, do you think that now that you've seen those figures, you might be going on to some, you might be trying out some dating apps, knowing that 20 <laughs> billion people. Have potentially found love. So statistically, I should get a swipe right from someone. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. <laughs> no, I won't. If I ever did, though, if I ever did, I would take the advice of um, Lizzie and Kobe from Doctor Fertility. Okay. Um. So if you have heard their story, both of them met both of their husbands on eHarmony. Um, within a couple of months of each other. Right. So, and both of them got married to them six months after they met them. Six so. months after? Yes. They wow. have an incredible story, which I want them to uh, turn into a Netflix movie. We did a podcast with them uh, last year and just fascinating. Yeah, we've already decided who's playing us and everything. Cameron Diaz is playing me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put a link in the show notes to that to that show nice. so that yeah. people, people can it's listen to it. It's a brilliant story, honestly. Anyway, yeah. happy Valentine's to you both. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. You did well on the quiz there. Right, John, you better get off and get some flowers then or quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to the show. Catch up with us next week by subscribing to Demystifying Tech on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and iTunes. For more UK tech news and insights, go to businesscloud.co.uk and to see us live at our next event, go to businesscloud.co.uk forward slash events. Hold up. 